0: Genesis chapter 8 and we're going to commence to read from verse 13 now the subject or the title for this morning is very simply a new beginning a new beginning we have coming to a new year we're only one week into it and I want to think about what that means for us what our experience is but I want to look at a very specific new year that we find in the scriptures. We find a number of these, but this I'm sure, is the first one that we find whenever we come to the word of God. Let's just prayer, and a an moment's prayer before we read the scriptures together. Father, we thank thee for the time that we can stand together around thy word. We thank thee for the worship of God that we've been able to partake in already this morning in these hymns of praise, and as we've come before thee and, prayer. and we do so once again in the name of thy Son, the Lord Jesus Christ. We thank thee for the things we have thought about him already this morning with the children. And we pray thy blessing upon these truths from John chapter 1. We pray as we come to the word of God just now, to bring the message of God that thou wouldst be pleased to bless us, Lord, preacher and hearer. We pray, our Father, that we would truly know thy presence and know thy enabling and help and comfort, truly know the presence of God, the moving and the power of the Holy Spirit of God. Father, we pray, be pleased to bless this time together, and bless thy word, bless this message, and may it speak in the hearts. maybe those who are in the midst of making decisions, maybe those who are going through difficulty, maybe those going through more joyful times, we pray, Father, that there could be something for each one of us today to take away. Father, that we would be faithful in responding to thy word in obedience. We commit ourselves to thee just now, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Genesis chapter 8, and let's come then to verse 13. And it came to pass in the 600th and first year, in the first month, the first day of the month, the waters were dried up from off the earth. And Noah removed the covering of the ark and looked, and behold the face of the ground was dry. And in the second month, on the seventh and twentieth day of the month, was the earth dry. And God spake unto Noah, saying, Go forth of the ark, thou and thy wife, and thy sons, and thy sons' wives with thee. Bring forth with thee every living thing that is with thee of all flesh, both of fowl and of cattle, and of every creeping thing that creepeth upon the earth, that they may breed abundantly in the earth. And be fruitful, and multiply upon the earth. And Noah went forth, and his sons and his wife, and his sons' wives with him. Every beast, every creeping thing, and every fowl, and whatsoever creepeth upon the earth, after their kinds, went forth out of the ark. And Noah built an altar unto the Lord, and took of every clean beast, and of every clean fowl, and offered burnt offerings on the altar. And the Lord smelled the sweet savour, and the Lord said in his heart, I will not again curse the ground any more for man's sake. For the imagination of man's part is equal from his youth. Neither will I again smite any more everything living as I have done. Come over to chapter 9 and down to verse 16. And he's speaking of course of the bow, that token that was given. And the bow shall be in the cloud, and I will look upon it, that I may remember the everlasting covenant between God and every living creature of all flesh that is upon the earth. God said unto Noah, this is the token of the covenant which I have established between me and all flesh that is upon the earth. Amen. The oh, Lord will bless the reading of his own inspired inerrant and infallible word. A new beginning. In October 2019 Lego, and you may well have experienced some Lego within the last couple of weeks uh, on Christmas morning perhaps but Lego unveiled its first brand campaign since the 1980s. It was created by French agency BETC and it was entitled Rebuild the World. This huge project encompassed a live-action adventure film that was directed by a multi-war winning collective and a series of Lego brick scenes that sent positive political messages about the power of creativity to enable change. BETC had met with Lego 18 months before, and they worked with the brand's internal agency to develop this concept of rebuild the world. They thought of what would be important for Lego to say in the current day. BETC's founder, Remy Babine, said they are one of the most loved brands in the world. Innovation and creativity are both brand and philosophy. But the problem Lego has is the way that way it is known for the educational aspect of its product, that perception is a problem for all the parents who don't have an affinity with the brand. He said they think it's about following instruction, but it's more than play or education. He said it's about creativity. To be creative today is a way to achieve something, to navigate the world, mathematics and rationality used to be the most important skills, but now creativity is the most valuable skill, and Lego can enable that. He went on. We had no limits, he said. This film is about what your imagination can do with Lego. Rebuild the world. Could be just for fun. Or it could address issues in the world today. You can transform the world as you want. <coughs> rebuild the world according to Lego, a focus on creativity. It's about innovation. Rationality is not necessary. There are no limitations. Instructions don't have to be followed. Noah's situation was very, very different. In a sense, he had to rebuild the world. But not with creativity. Not with imagination. Not with without rationality and not without limitations and certainly not without instruction. Genesis we know is the book of beginnings and whenever we turn to chapter 8 and verse 13 we find a new beginning. How did he and his family got to this point? Let's remind ourselves just for a few moments. Take a look back with me at chapter 7 just for a moment and verse 1. And the Lord said unto Noah, Come thou and all thy house into the ark, for thee have I seen righteous before me in this generation. Righteousness in a wicked generation, that was Noah's reputation. And today as believers in the Lord Jesus Christ, as children of God, it must be our reputation too. Righteous. Come thou into the ark. Come out of the world into the ark. And today, we are separate from the world as believers in him in that sense. We are in Christ. Why did Noah have to come into the ark? Look at verse 4 of chapter 7. For yet seven days, and I will cause it to rain upon the earth forty days and forty nights. And every living substance that I have made will I destroy from off the face of the earth. He had to come into the ark because the Lord was going to exercise judgment on the earth. There is a promise of judgment today. There is wrath which is to come. And we need to remember that and we need to take the message of the gospel to those who are lost and dead in their sin. And an aspect of that is the fact that there is wrath to come. There is another judgment that is to come and it is to come soon. Verse 5 of chapter 7, And it then according unto all that the Lord Commanded him. Here we see faithfulness. It is what is expected of us, of us even today by God. We read in verse 16 of chapter 7, and they went in. They went then male and female of all flesh as God had commanded him, and the Lord shut him in. The Lord shut him in. Noah would be the representative head of the human race going forward. God would protect him god was about to do something new we read on verse 17 and the flood was 40 days upon the earth and the waters increased and bare up the ark and it was lift up above the earth take a step back friends and think about this was it a pleasant experience (coughs) i'm sure it was not we have very romantic thoughts about this Account and stretcher, perhaps as a result of, of children's storybooks and illustrations, and not really moving any further on from those. Forty days of flood, <coughs> the waters increase and bear up the ark. They would have needed a strong stock, I can tell you, for that trip. But they were safe. They were safe in the ark. It was lifted up above the earth. That reminds us of Christ lifted up above the earth judgment fell and he endured it on our behalf at calvary friends the believer is safe in christ we dwell in a sinful world we face trials and problems and difficulties like anyone else but we face them looking unto jesus the author and finisher of our faith i wonder what you face this morning wonder what you face at the current time, what's going through your mind as we're looking at these scriptures this morning, what you and I will face as we embark upon another new year. We may not know the specifics yet. None of us know what may lie ahead of us. But what what can we learn from the situation that Noah found himself in here? What can we learn from what God was doing here and also from Noah's approach to what was going on? There are six things that I want us to consider this morning as Noah finds himself a very important part of this new beginning that we find in chapter 8. First of all come with me again to chapter 8 where we commence and down to verse 13 I want you to see that there is assessment here. There's assessment and it came to pass in the 600th and first year in the first month, the first day of the month. You see it was the first day of a new year and it was a very new year Like nothing Noah or his family had experienced ever before. The ark had been completed. Noah and his family and the animals had entered in. Judgment had fallen. The waters had subsided. He was about to disembark. This was a fresh start. He had been confined for a long time. Things had changed. He didn't know what lay ahead. The earth had never experienced anything like this before. He and seven other family members were alone in all this, and there was great responsibility. What do you face as you enter a new year? What have you experienced in the year that has passed? Is there a fresh start that needs to be made? How will you approach the year ahead or the situation that you find yourself in? We read on here that the waters were dried up from off the earth. The conditions that had existed for what seemed so long a time had now changed. And Noah removed the covering of the ark and looked, and behold, the face of the ground was dry. The face of the ground was dry. God was renewing. And we read here that Noah looked. He looked. And he became conscious of the conditions. There was assessment here. Now, assessment is a wise and a necessary practice. Do you do it? Do I do it? Do we do it properly regarding our circumstances? And in particular, in your minister, whatever that may be. We need to do this individually and we need to do it collectively. What are the conditions that we face? Have they changed? Or are they changing as we have entered this new year? Are we in danger sometimes of going through the mechanics of service? Are we in danger of the comfort of activity? In other words, we're busy, therefore we're faithful. Friends, the truth never changes. The message that we preach never changes. But our world and therefore our society is ever changing and it seems that It's ever on the decline, morally and spiritually speaking. Every generation has had its challenges, but as we enter this new year, we face even more challenges, new challenges. And the prophetic words of Christ himself are clearer than ever. And as it was in the days of Noah, so shall it be in the days of the Son of Man. There's much to learn from that passage in Luke chapter 17. But suffice to say for this morning, man is going on in the things of this life. And in general, does not believe the truth of God and is not eating the warning of judgment. A judgment not by water, but by fire. And we're experiencing increasing antagonism against that message in order that it would be prevented and that it would be silenced. Why? Because men love darkness. Rather than life. Those are the conditions. If we take time to assess them, the question then is how do we respond to them? How do we address them? How do we prepare ourselves? How do we prepare our children? How do we prepare our young people in order to deal with them? What have I done for the Lord in the year that has passed? Have I been faithful? and if there's a means of measurement and sometimes there's not but if there is a means of measurement has it been effective will we resolve to be faithful in the year ahead how can we do so friends there needs to be assessment secondly there needs to be adherence and we see it here in chapter 8 again in verse 14 and in the second month on the 7th and 20th day of the month was the earth dry the earth was now dry not just the face of the earth the earth was dry and it could be inhabited. And we read on here in verse 15. And God spake unto Noah saying, Go forth of the ark, thou and thy wife and thy sons and thy sons' wives with thee. He didn't leave until God instructed him to do so. This was adherence to the word of God. He may well have been chomping at the bit to get out of that ark. But he had to wait. Delay can be difficult. But God knows best. And sometimes we have to wait. Preparation may be required. Maybe a time of study. Maybe a season of prayer. Maybe a time of practical preparation. And each of these requires our patience and it requires adherence to the word of God. Note Noah's family responsibilities here. He had his wife, his sons, his sons' wives. They were with him as he entered these new conditions and as he went forth to carry out God's instructions. We need to ensure that we take our families with us, don't we? We need to make time for them. We need to live well before them. We need to be good examples to them. And we have great responsibility to teach them. Teach our children before any Sunday school involvement or, or otherwise to teach them ourselves from the word of God. Noah faced a daunting task, a world that had been full, which was now empty. He had been part of a generation, now he was to be the start of a new generation. He had seen something that had never been seen before, and he was going to step out onto the earth in its aftermath. He had known the immediate protection of God in the close confines of the ark, and now God was asking him to go forth out of that vessel. Maybe there's somebody here this morning and God's asking you to go forward. Friend, listen, you do so with the indwelling of the Spirit of God. You do so with the very presence of Christ. And you go with the very revelation of God in your hand. What a wonder. What a blessing. What a privilege, if that is your situation. There was assessment here. There was adherence here. Thirdly, there was acceptance here. Look at verse 17. Bring forth with thee every living thing that is with thee of all flesh, both of fowl and of cattle, and of every creeping thing that creepeth upon the earth. What did he bring with him? He brought some of the people and some of the things of the old world. There are things that we have to take with us, and they're not perfect, ourselves included. And we might not be able to change some of those things. Rather, we might simply need to accept them. Circumstances, failures of the past, consequences for things that we have said and the things that we have done, relationships that can be difficult, that can be challenging, conditions that are not ideal, but we cannot change them. But, friends, the Lord is gracious. He is the God who forgives, He's the one who enables, and He is the one who sustains. God here was going to do something new. Genesis nine and verse two And the fear of you and the dread of you shall be upon every beast of the earth, and upon every fowl of the air, upon all that moveth upon the earth, and upon all the fishes of the sea, into your hand are they delivered. You know, some of these things were very different conditions from what Noah had ever known before. What was this all about? God said that they may lead abundantly in the earth and be fruitful and multiply upon the earth. You see, the intention was for good. They were to be fruitful. They were to multiply. And our desire, friends, when we think about this spiritually and in our present situation, our desire would be that our service would be fruitful. Isn't that right? But here's a warning. We must always be careful of the enemy. We need to be watchful alongside our servant. The parable of the wheat and the tares reminds us of the business and the craftiness of the wicked one, the one who sows tares among the wheat. We must be watchful as we go out to serve the Lord and to minister for him and minister unto others. There was acceptance here. Fourthly, there's adoration. First 20, and Noah built an altar unto the Lord and took of every clean beast and every clean fowl and offered burnt offerings on the altar. Firstly, consider the context here. Here was one family. Noah leading that family. Here was the aftermath of judgment that they were going out into. He could have focused on his own situation, but he got his eye off himself and he got his eye on the Lord. The one he had trusted in the face of coming judgment, he would trust for a new beginning. Something else to consider. There was no abundance that he was carrying with him, and yet Noah still offered sacrifice. Again, remember the context. One man, his wife, his three sons, their wives, animals sufficient to keep their seed alive on the earth. Everything else was destroyed, but Noah took of what was the alive and offered sacrifice to the Lord. We read of every clean beast and every clean fowl. Sacrifice. It meant something. He put it on the altar. Everything else had been destroyed. He had taken a limited amount, in one sense, onto the ark. But he did not hold back. He sacrificed (coughs) onto the Lord. Have you lost things in the past year? Have you lost things in recent years? Have you lost things over many years? (coughs) Whatever it might be. It could be possessions. It could be salary could be employment, could be wealth, it could be friends, it could be family, it could be health. The list could go on and on. But like Noah, will you still build an altar unto the Lord? Consider Noah's perspective. His focus wasn't on what had been destroyed. His focus was on the grace of God. Going forward, <coughs> In him and protected by him. Thinking ahead, friends, we don't know what will be in store for any of us throughout this year, but will we resolve to learn from Noah's response here and follow his example here? Will we offer sacrifice and continue to offer sacrifice unto the Lord? Will we worship the Lord as Noah did and thankfulness for his mercy and thankfulness for his grace to the world at all times and in all circumstances? On the verse 21 of chapter 8. And the Lord smelled the sweet sealer. And the Lord said in his heart, I will not again curse the ground any more for man's sake. For the imagination of man's heart is evil from his youth. Neither will I again smite any more every living thing as I have gone. Where the earth remaineth, sea time and harvest and cold and heat, the summer and winter and day and night shall not see. When we think about what man's condition had been like, Prior to the flood. The description of the Lord gets here, and that we just read is not much different. In Genesis six and five, we read really God saw that the wickedness of man was great in the earth, and that every imagination of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. And therefore the promise that follows here in Genesis here only serves to emphasize his mercy. What a difference true sacrifice can be. On smelling that sweet savour from the sacrifice that Noah offered, the Lord promises not to curse the ground anymore for man's sake. What type of sacrifice was it? Burnt offerings. It was for sin. Surely they point forward to Christ. And now we as believers in him look back at that ultimate sacrifice for sin as as we too seek to be faithful to God. Paul said to the Ephesians in chapter 6, Be ye therefore followers of God as dear children, and walk in love as Christ also hath loved us and hath given himself for us, an offering and a sacrifice to God for a sweet smelling savor. The work has been done. We stand in the good of it. We live in the good of it. We serve in the good of it. Are we serious about our walk with God? if so it will be revealed by our adoration fifthly see with me here assurance, Genesis 9 those first seven verses I'm not going to take time to read them all but there we find the conditions of the covenant that God would now establish with Noah and the conditions in summary were this to repopulate the earth to have dominion over the animals which would now fear man, that was a new thing There would be a new diet for them. Animals now becoming part of that diet. The eating of blood was forbidden. Capital punishment would be introduced. The promise that the earth would never again be destroyed by flood was very clearly made by God Himself. That's a summary of the conditions of the covenant that God would now establish with Noah. The difference between this covenant and the covenant made with Adam if we go right back to the start are are quite striking of course Adam was instructed to be fruitful and multiply on the earth and subdue it but Noah was not instructed here to subdue it that wouldn't be possible because of the fall can I encourage you to study the covenants that are found in the scripture mark the distinction mark man's failure but above all, friends, discover the mercy and discover the grace of God as you study those things. We can see that very clearly in relation to this particular covenant. Look at verse 12 of chapter 9. And God said, This is the token of the covenant which I make between me and you and every living creature that is with you for perpetual generations. And you set my bow in the cloud, and it shall be for a token of a covenant between me and the earth. This was the promise of God for perpetual generations. This was the very assurance of God himself. We know the token of the covenant very well, don't we? It was the bow. It is the bow. But friends, listen, note this clearly this morning, if you've never noticed it before. It is his bow. I do set my bow in the cloud. You see, it's more than a scientific occurrence whenever it rains. It's an evidence of the mercy and the grace of God. And it shall come to pass when I bring a cloud over the earth that the bow shall be seen in the cloud and I will remember my covenant which is between me and you and every living creature of all flesh. And the waters shall no more become a flood to destroy all flesh. Put yourself into Noah's position again just for a moment. He had come through the flood, a flood that had never been experienced before. The clouds had gathered and and had broken and had unleashed a torrent by which everyone but Noah and his immediate family had been destroyed. And every animal, other than what entered the ark, had been destroyed. Can you imagine having witnessed those events, friend? How would you feel the next time clouds gathered above your head? But God provides assurance. God makes a promise. When the clouds come, clouds of danger, clouds of despair, clouds of doubt, his grace remains and it often becomes clearer to us against the backdrop of those clouds. God's promises remain. Verse 16, And the bow shall be in the cloud. And I will look upon it that I may remember the everlasting covenant between God and every living creature of all flesh that is upon the earth. We normally consider the rainbow from our perspective. As we look upon it, and it's beautiful to look at. It's a wonder to see those things. It's always striking when that bow appears, and we love to look at it and point it out and say, look, look at that one. That's a double one. Look at the colors, look how vibrant they are and it's good to do so it's good to see it from our perspective and we do find assurance in that however, note what God says here I will look upon it God looks upon the bow too in fact that is the perspective that is emphasized in these verses of scripture God says I will remember I will look upon it That I may remember the everlasting covenant. Friends, what great assurance we have. Being in Christ. Christ who is in God. The God of all the earth has spoken. He has promised he will be merciful. He will not recant. And that covenant is still in effect. It's an everlasting covenant. But we as believers can also look to an even greater covenant that has been established. We look to the new covenant. That covenant that was ratified at the cross where Christ endured the judgment of God in your place and in mine. And the believer is redeemed. And the believer is reconciled to God on the basis of that once for all sacrifice for sin. The covenant wherewith we are sanctified. Secondly and finally this morning, I want you to see admonition chapter 9 and verses 20 to 21. There's a warning here. Noah began to be a Muslim man, and he planted a vineyard, and he drank of the wine and was drunken, and he was uncovered within his tent. You see, friends, here is an admonition, surely. Here is a warning about sin. Even though, even after all that had happened, all that he had been promised, all that he had been assured of, all that God had done for him and for his family, all that God was going to do for him, even after all that had happened, even after he had found grace in the eyes of the Lord, what a dreadful thing that he did. And what dreadful consequences ensued. We rejoice in the grace of God, but we can't play fast and loose with the grace of God. The word of God is song. It is serious we as believers have great responsibility our conduct is important there are consequences for sin the consequences of Noah's sin and Adam's sin and Abraham's sin and many more continue to this day and ours will be no different and we can learn much from Noah's faithfulness but we must also be honest and learn from his history as we sum up this morning, there's a danger that we can get lost in the wonder of the account of Noah, isn't there? Because of the nature of the events that are recorded for us. Friends, may we take a step back. May we understand the circumstances. May we realize the responsibilities that he faced. And may we learn from them. He faced a new year like no other that has come around ever since. He faced a new beginning. And as we move into this new year, perhaps a new beginning in some sense may be learn from his experience. The assessment of what God uh, has done, what has gone before and what we face going forward. The adherence that we need to the word of God. The acceptance there there must be of our circumstances, good or bad. Our adoration of the Lord of the Word. Assurance in the mercy and the grace and in the promises of the eternal God. And friends, the admonition, the warning, to keep sin and temptation at bay, that we may remain faithful. For our good, but indeed above all, for his glory. God bless His work through all of our hearts this morning.